Hi, welcome to Unleash Ministries podcast, where Pastor Nathan Sanford will guide us through daily Bible studies, prophetic revelations, and life-changing encounters with the Father's love. Join us for near daily content as we dive into the Word of God. Everybody, welcome back to First Peter and our little jaunt through First Peter, which hopefully you guys are being totally blessed uh, by this whole thing. I I know that sometimes it's it's just, I mean, it's always good to go into God's word, but it's even, I think, better when you're kind of like doing doing it in this way, in the sense of um, I don't want to say force, but. <laughs> Um, you know, going through it chapter by chapter, verse by verse, especially in a time when, you know, a lot of people really aren't doing that and, and people are just not really understanding the full fullness of God's word and his spirit and his heart behind everything. And I, I've been having <clears throat> a struggle even myself. I don't mean like a struggle. What I mean is challenged, even as I read the word and being challenged um, about when it comes down like, man, Lord, I don't. I don't know that I'm that kind of a leader or that I have these qualities. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is so, um, the standard you set for leadership is just so like, um, uh, it's like impossible. I mean, it really is like outside of Holy Spirit. I mean, any, anything in our walk with God is impossible as a believer outside of Holy Spirit. I mean, that's for sure. But it seemed to me, I mean, even more so if you're called to any kind of leadership, like I look at these qualities and I'm like, Good grief, Lord, I'm so far away from this, but I don't want to be far away from it. You know, I want to be, my heart is to be the kind of leader that First Peter describes, as, as well as other places where Paul talks to Timothy. You know, my desire is to be that kind of leader, and I have to believe that by faith and by getting into his word that God will shape my heart and, and, and your hearts as you hear this and as we go forward that, you know, all of us are in leadership. I mean, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'll just say this before we continue more into First Peter, um, is that all of us are in leadership. Like every one of us, if you're a believer, you're in leadership and you're a pastor at some level. And, and of course, what I mean by that is every believer has authority in their own realm of influence. And you might just be a mom at home. I say just like that small. You might have the majorly high calling of being a mom at home forging this next generation and and your your authority extends over your family and you know you might have some friends who look to you you might have co-workers who look to you um in any case we call that like your metron your metron is your sphere of influence your sphere of leadership and it's no less important than you know some guy on youtube or some guy with you know million subscribers or a 10,000 member church it is absolutely no less impactful and no less important it doesn't make you any less of a leader so at any point any time we're taking a leadership role whether it's sort of official as a pastor or or like a prophet or an elder or whatever or if it's less official if it's just like hey I'm just a believer and you know God's called me to my family or to my work or whatever it is um that these standards are there and, and they're impossibly high I mean, I don't know if you if you read what I just read, like the previous one, but these standards are impossibly high. It's it's like we can't do this, you know. It's with outside of Holy Spirit. I don't know that any of us could even come close to this, but but our hearts are set, you know. Our hearts are determined. I, I mean, my heart is set, and it is determined that with every ounce of breath that I have left in me, 
I will serve and seek the Lord Jesus Christ. And on these standards that are set, I'll come before God and I'll say, Lord, help me. Just help me because I know that I fall way short of these and I just need you. You know, I need you, God. I need you to help me. I need you to give me strength. I need you to, I need you to, to work through me because I, I like this is just without you, I'm lost. You know, without you, there's no way I could even hope to like come to these standards that he set. So, so just, you know, that, that I kind of say that to lead into first Peter five, six, which I think is an often misunderstood scripture. And, and I also think that's because humility in general, I think is a very difficult concept to grasp, but I don't know if it was 2000 years ago, but I definitely think in today's culture and in Western culture in general, in American culture to, to grasp humility is just, it almost seems like, <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but to me, it almost seems like this impossible thing. To me, it feels like a helium balloon that has like a hundred strings to it. And every time I hear a teaching on humility or even just read about humility in the scripture, it's like, okay, cool. I, I know it now. And I go and I grab for that. You know, one, there's like a hundred strings all hanging down in front of me and one helium balloon. And I grab for the string and, and sure enough, the helium balloon just takes off and floats away because the string I grabbed onto was not the string um, that was attached to humility. And so <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever struggle with that, but every teaching I've ever heard on humility, whenever I read humility, I, I don't, I don't f fully get it. I mean, I, obviously I can study the word out. I understand like semantically, like what the Greek and, and all that. I, I can read the context of course, but I don't know when it comes to the actual state of being, and I'm, I'm not talking about acts of humility. Cause I, you know, any of us can, well, I shouldn't say that that flippantly, but most of us could do acts of humility. You know, if you think about Jesus washing the disciples feet, you know, that was an act of humility. You know, we can go and, and serve in a soup kitchen or help with the children's ministry or just clean carpets after church or, or sweep, you know, uh, I don't know, the parking lot or whatever, just, just an act of, of love and an act of humility, just saying like, I don't need a microphone. I'm just here to serve. Like those are great, you know, and they're awesome acts of humility, but they can't make you humble. Um, nor, uh, can they, uh, even indicate a, a state of being humble. So I think that's really what I'm after. Like I can do, I can, I don't want to say perform because I think it's different than other acts, but I can definitely perform. I can do the acts of humility. You know, like I said, whether it's like washing someone's feet or cleaning the carpet or, 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 you know, whatever kind of cleaning the toilets in the church, like I can do those things. Um, and, and I guess those would be acts of humility, but, and those are good. And I want to do those, but more than that, I want to be humble. You know, I want to be the state of being humble. <laughs> And I don't, and I know that only comes from the blood of Jesus. I understand that, but, but he actually says this as an imperative, like this is a, in the Greek, an imperative, it's a direct command. And he says, first Peter five, six says this, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Now, just so you know, uh, the part that you may not get, but I'll I'll teach here briefly, is the mighty hand of God. Like what is, so let's skip the part of humble yourselves. We'll come back to what that could possibly mean. But let's focus on the under the mighty hand of God part of it. So what is it to be under the mighty hand of God? Well, I looked up that phrase and 
most of the time, um, this is a phrase commonly found in the Old Testament. It's almost always associated with deliverance of some kind. So it'll be like the mighty hand of God, like delivered them from Egypt or the mighty hand of God, like restored all the stuff that was stolen or something like that. Um, so it's like the mighty hand of God tends to be associated with a major move of God doing something for them like out of their control. Like he's saying like God did this and you just sort of walk through the door that he opened, like you didn't kick it open. So that's the first part. So when he says the mighty hand of God, it's like whatever this humbling is, we need to do under the unction of him really doing it and us just saying yes. I mean, that's at least that's the kind of gist that I get from this. Like there's so much in this one sentence that I want to understand and that I really don't like fully understand. And again, it's not because I haven't studied. It's not because I don't know the words. It's not that I haven't spent a lot of hours studying humility and in, in the word of God and, and how it how it works out and all that. I have, and even then I struggle with this. So so, so anyway, whatever your humble yourselves means, uh, we'll come back to that like in just a second. Um, we're supposed to do that under the mighty hand of God, meaning under his unction, like under his power, under his move and not under us. And sometimes I wonder if that's just the nature of humility. I, I just got to share something briefly uh, right now. I do a podcast with a buddy of mine. It, it, absolutely, by the way, guys, it 100% ties into um, this teaching so and I'm just going to be honest with those of you who really watch this and listen to this. So um, my buddy and I, Keith, we do a, another podcast. I have another one called Soul Brothers, if you want to check that out. We kind of do it topically. And, you know, Keith is a great guy, and we have a lot of fun just kind of like talking about the word. And, you know, we joke a lot, and we have we have fun. and we, we But we really, at the same time, try and get serious about certain topics and really address them biblically like as best as we can. Um, well, some, someone got on there and they were, they were offended. They had commented on one of them and they were offended because, uh, Keith had quoted, uh, another ministry's website. Um, and, and we were just addressing the quote. He didn't even say where the quote had come from. He was just addressing, uh, what they had said. And of course, um, you don't have to, you can go back and well, all he basically was saying was that he was quoting them as saying holiness. They were saying holiness is prayer and going to church and, things like that. And our point was no holiness only comes from Christ. And all those things are an outworking of your holiness and doing those things is great, good and awesome. And we all should in, indulge and go and do all those things. Um, but the motivation is is equally as important in, in understanding the theology behind it. So you make sure that you're not trying to be holy, but that you just are already holy and therefore you're praying and stuff like that. Anyway, that's what, so that he quoted another ministry. Well, someone uh, commented about it and, and basically said something like uh, uh, that they were, they listed another ministry and they're like, well, this ministry that you're attacking or whatever told us to do this stuff and it's good. And, um, you know, and you, and basically you guys just sound prideful and arrogant and, you know, I pray that you repent or it wasn't exactly like that, but <laughs> it was kind of like that. Um, so anyway, of course, Keith responded and just said, Hey, that, uh, we weren't even talking about that ministry that you just quoted. It was a different ministry and Keith is awesome. And he came back with a great comment, just, you know, thanking him and just explaining where we were and stuff like that. Um, but I guess I wanted to tell you that, you know, uh, people accuse you of being prideful. They accuse you of being arrogant like this gentleman. 
Um, and, you know, and it, it's easy to just blow things off like, yeah, whatever. He can call us whatever he wants. But uh, I, the reason I it's hard for me to get through these two verses of therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God even before I get to the next one, just that's like half a verse, uh, verse six, and we're probably going to spend the rest of the time without even getting to the second half of that verse. It's because I really, really, really want to understand where what it is to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Because whether, I don't know if this guy's right or wrong, you know, maybe we are arrogant. Maybe we are full of ourselves. Um, you know, maybe I have a pride issue. I don't know, but I certainly don't want to. And I want to always, always walk in humility. And I guess the, one of the reasons I bring this up is and why I want to understand this so much is, of course, uh, the previous verse, you know, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, and really, that means like God is literally uh, working against the proud, but he empowers the humble. And that's something that I want him. I want his grace. You know, I certainly don't want to be opposed by God. I mean, I don't want to act arrogantly, but even more than any sort of action, I want to not be arrogant, just like I said, with humility. Like, I, I want to do humble acts, but more than that, I want to be humble. Like, I want to be in the state of humility, and I want that to come out of me in every act, just like I want. Um, I don't want arrogance to come out of me. So the reason this is such a big deal for me is, uh, well, for a hundred different reasons, but most of my life, I was accused of being arrogant. Um, and, and, you know, when I was younger, I don't really think that I was. I, I, a lot of times I was just trying to be myself. You know, I would just go play basketball or I would do something. And I wasn't trying to be arrogant or outperform anybody or show off. Like I literally would just be myself. And I would be accused of being arrogant and showing off. And, and I'd be like, I don't think that was really in my heart. Now, I think I developed arrogance. I definitely developed arrogance later on, almost as like a defense. Um, and what I mean by that and is, uh, you know, when I started working out and I started getting buff, I was wearing the same clothes that I was wore before. <laughs> I literally had the same clothes. But as I started to get bigger and bigger, if you guys know me, I'm a bodybuilder. Um, and I've been a bodybuilder a long time. So I started growing uh, muscles pretty quickly when I first started. But I, ha I was literally wearing the same clothes that I was wearing before. Um, and all of a sudden, I got, I got people would accuse me of being arrogant or showing off. And I was kind of like, it was confusing to me. Like at first, because I'm like, I am? Like I'm showing off? Like I, it didn't even occur to me because I, I was never accused of that before when I was skinny. Um, and I didn't really have a lot of muscle or a lot of big muscles. I was just kind of a skinny average kid and no one accused me of being arrogant or showing off ever. And then all of a sudden I got buff and I was wearing literally the same clothes I had before I had, I'd bought no different clothes. And all of a sudden I'm being accused of being arrogant and showing off. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like I didn't do anything. Like all I did was gain muscle. Um, but I'm wearing the same clothes. I'm the same person. I haven't said anything or done anything. So I did realize that sometimes uh, when people accuse you of being arrogant, it's really their own insecurity. It's really their own. Um, they don't like you for whatever reason. So uh, maybe they got offended by something you said, or they got offended by something you did, or they're jealous, or they're insecure. Um, and so they attack you and call you arrogant so that they don't have to deal with their own issues, or to be called to task by you accomplished something. In fact, I saw this um, I'll never forget this. I'll, well, this has actually happened a, a number of times, but I remember this particular time um, there was a kid who got up and he gave, he was a, had smoked cigarettes like since he was like 13. This is that youth group. 
and he was like 13 years old. He got delivered. He gave up cigarettes at like 18 years old. So he smoked for five years. And he basically got up in front of the youth group and he said, look, I'm totally delivered. I have zero problems with cigarettes now. Kind of like this is available for you. I smoked five years. And at that time, there was a large contingent of kids in the youth group who did smoke because there were a lot of street kids. They came, you know, from really bad backgrounds. A lot of them are raised around smoking and things like that. So at that time, there was a lot of kids in the youth group who smoked. Um, and he base and so he was getting up there saying, look, I got delivered. I don't even struggle with it anymore. I'm totally free. And I'll never forget. This kid was so excited. You know, and he asked me if he could share this testimony because he feel like the Lord delivered him and he even said like, man, it was the Lord who delivered me. But he, then he went on to say, look, it's available for you. And you know, all the kids in youth group and there was a fair number of them who were smokers. They were kind of like, um, he wanted to talk to them and say, look, you can do it too. So I mean, from my point of view, sitting down, I was sitting down listening to his testimony. I was like, wow, this is really awesome. Like he's giving glory to God. Like he's talking about God delivering him. He's, you know, he's like cigarettes no longer have power over me. And I'm thinking this is going to be like powerful, but I'm sitting, you know, in the seats and behind me, I could feel the group of smokers, um, kind of like grumbling. Now they didn't say anything, but it was like, I'm sensitive in the spirit. So I could kind of feel like I don't know. It, it felt like they weren't super happy about this. So anyway, he gets done uh, right when he gets done. It was like right before worship. So we go into worship. Um, we get done worshiping. I give the sermon, whatever. And then I go outside where all the smokers are. Right. And because um, people would smoke, the kids after youth group would go smoke outside um, kind of by the church. And so and I'd go out there and hang out with them and just minister to them and um, try and love them, you know, where they're at or whatever. So Anyway, I did that like I normally would. And this time I was like really intent on listening because I, I, I could feel them feeling weird during um, this young man's testimony. And so I, I just wanted to listen and see you know, what was going on. So I kind of like was very quietly out there. I was just kind of loving and just listening. And I remember I heard three or four kids who were talking to each other and they were going, essentially what they were saying was, who does, I'll just call him John. His name wasn't John, but he was like, uh, like who does John think he is? Like, like he's so arrogant, like he's so full of himself. Like, who does he think he is to tell us to stop smoking? And that was kind of what I heard. I heard from three or four, maybe there was 25 outside or so smoking and three or four of them. Um, that's what I heard when I was out there and I was kind of like, huh, that's really interesting. John, um, who was the guy with the testimony again, not his real name, but, um, I thought that he was actually quite a humble guy. I would have described him as very humble. I would describe him as very loving. Um, God had set him free and he was very excited about that. Um, but all of a sudden they go outside and they're accusing him of being arrogant. They're accusing him of arrogance and of like being full of himself. And I was like, gosh, I didn't get that at all. And I kind of realized in that moment that they weren't really mad at him. They were mad at themselves that they couldn't stop smoking. And so because they couldn't stop, it was like he was arrogant to to come across and tell them this. So the arrogance wasn't in him in that case. It was actually in them. Um, and they were just jealous and insecure. And I realized these kids were doing that. So just, you know, sometimes in your life, people will accuse you of arrogance um, and pride and stuff like that. And it really isn't what's in your heart at all. It's actually just in their heart and they're projecting it to you. However, there are times when you're accused and it's true and, and you need to take a hard look. And I think how we walk that out is hugely important because there's so many ditches in this particular realm of arrogance and I've fallen into all of them. So, you know, um, when somebody accuses you of arrogance or, or maybe you feel convicted of the Lord at some level of arrogance or pride, 
and you're like, what do I even do with this? Like, I don't even know how to proceed. I've definitely fallen into these major ditches that are not good and lead to bad places um, in your spirit and in your heart. And uh, I want to address those, but I'm going to address those in the next podcast. So in the next podcast, we're going to address arrogance. Um, what happens um, if, you know, if you really are feel called to it and on it, how to know maybe that that's where you are. Uh, and also how to get out of it and the traps that you can also fall into um, before we get into humility itself. So anyway, I'll talk to you guys very soon. Next podcast, we will hit up, um, you know, the ditches of arrogance or however you want to call it before we even continue in First Peter 5 because I don't know how to get past this because this is so, so important. And I don't know that I fully understand it, but I really want to. Maybe we can figure it out together. All right, so I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Unleash Ministries podcast. We pray you are blessed and encouraged by an encounter with the Father's love poured out through His Word. If you would desire to bless this ministry financially, please visit www.unleashedchurch.org and click on the Give link. Thank you.